and welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I am Ellie Herringshaw, and I'm sitting again with... Am I supposed to introduce myself here? Go for it. I'm Mark Herringshaw. Your name is on the podcast, actually. I am the father of the (laughs) podcast-er. You are a host on the podcast. Oh, well, it's great to be back in my chair doing my job. Yeah, I'm excited. And what are we going to do today? Today, we're going to be doing another dig into scripture, which is so fun. I just kind of feel like a a little bit of like a biblical nerd wannabe when I talk to you about these things, which is fun. I am a Bible minor, a biblical studies minor from the University of Northwestern St. Paul. So I have very clearly an expertise in this, but I've really enjoyed digging into the word every day and loving it. And I just love, I love studying the Bible. I really do. I hope that you listeners love it too. Because <laughs> the we, word is alive. It's so rich. It's so beautiful. And it always points to Jesus. And we always say, you know, study the Bible, but ultimately let it study you. Absolutely. Right? Because it's it's one thing to study the Bible and analyze and stand almost as an, a judge over the Bible versus putting ourselves on the surgical table and letting the sword, the scalpel of the spirit with his word cut us up. And we don't approach the Bible as critics. Yep. Right. We don't approach the Bible as a piece of literature that we're going to analyze. Mm -hmm. We actually put ourselves in a place where it does the work. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So shall we do that? Let's do it. Let's go. So today we're going to talk about Joshua and the city of Jericho. Yeah. Oh, this is it's such a this good story. is an amazing story. And it's not just a little Sunday school story. You know, we all remember, you know, Joshua fed the Battle of Jericho. And- no, see, we, I don't remember that. I remember the VeggieTales. Oh, I remember yeah. the VeggieTales <laughs> one because that was, I think, the first VeggieTales movie that we had. Keep walking for you won't knock down that wall. Keep walking. <laughs> so I'm sure like all of you millennials listening We'll remember that VeggieTales and, and, and we and we had you know we had the old uh, like the flannel graph stories in our Sunday school. And anyway, yeah. it's not <laughs> just a little Bible fairy tale. No. Like David and Goliath is not like a little Bible fairy tale. And no, this is history. And there's some really interesting things being done in archaeology in the city of Jericho that really validates exactly what we have in the book of Joshua. We won't go into that, but that's so cool. The context here is um, an actual time in history. Israel, the nation of Israel, had been in Egypt for 400-some years. And, and Moses had been assigned by God to lead Israel out of that captivity in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And God gave him an option. Go from there into the land I promised to your forefathers. That would have been Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were the the founding family of Israel. And God Mm -hmm. said, you're going to live in this land. It's yours. It's a special little piece of land. Israel's not very big. It's only as wide as about the the Twin Cities metro areas. And it's about as long as from where we live to Duluth. That's so cool. And it was a little strip of land in between the Mediterranean Sea and the Arabian Desert, the the Sahara Desert, Mm -hmm. the hottest place in the earth. And this was this beautiful, fertile strip of land. Very, very valuable at that time. It still is. Everybody still, still is, fights yeah. over it. But it's very tiny. And God said, that's where I'm going to put my people. It's a crossroads of, 
of all of the different civilizations, Egypt, Babylon, Greek, Greek and, and Roman civilization developing yeah. to the West, and the crossroads of all that was this little tiny strip of land. Israel. And God's always counted that significant to put his people at the crossroads of culture right he says this is the <clears throat> promised yep, land it was and so he promised that to his people to his covenant yes. people they then went into slavery for all those decades and then god said now's the time you're going to go back and he gave moses and those people an option go right into the promised land you're going to cross the Red Sea. You're, you're, you're going. Gonna, you're, it's like, yours. I've given you all of the signs that yep. this is going to be okay, yep. that I've got your back. But they get up there. They send in their spies. They come back, and the spies are, we can't do it. The cities are huge. There's giants in the land. We're just slaves. They didn't know their hungry, identity. And I don't have, we don't right. have water. <laughs> and God said, okay. And he sent them on a 40-year journey. Yep. Just walking around and fed them miraculously, protected he them. He still protected them. Yeah. He still he was yeah. he was honing in them so cool. their identity, and a whole generation actually had to pass. A new generation had to come up that could find their identity. Anyway, the book of Joshua takes place at the end of that forty-year wandering. Moses gets to the very end. The book of Deuteronomy, which just precedes this, is Moses' last sermon. He he. They're camped at the edge of the Jordan River and the Dead Sea, the lowest right there. the lowest place on planet Earth, the lowest place below mm. sea level anywhere. And they're camped there. They're on the east side. They're about to cross over. And God has told Moses, you don't get to go. Joshua is going to lead the people over. You led them through the, the, the wilderness, but that's not your role. You're going to die on the east side. And, and so... Joshua is is in this state of wow, things are about to change. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things are about to change. There's a new generation. And that's how Deuteronomy ends. Moses dies, and then we have the book of Joshua picking up, and God says, Now prepare to lead these people across. And it's really the right at the beginning of Joshua, it's a whole identity issue for him first. Yeah. And then as they move across and there's a whole series of beautiful things that God does in Israel. Then they hit, literally they hit the wall. There's a wall (laughs) in their way. And that wall is a city, the city of Jericho. So talk a little bit about like some of your observations. We were talking before we started the recording about right there at the beginning of the book and what God has to say to Joshua to deal with his own, inhibitions. Right. Right. Well, I think it's, I think it's beautiful that God, God just sort of lays it out to Joshua, the reality of the situation, which is Moses is dead. Yeah. This is real. Like this is not a drill. You have been, you have been assigned to be the leader. Yeah. So he's like, he's kind of just preparing, he's prepping him. He's like, Hey, so here's the deal. You, you know, what's what, um, there's a passage in Romans where or Paul's talking about faith. He's talking about Abraham. And he says, Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Yeah. And then he believes that no matter what the facts say, God's promise is bigger than that. Yep. You're going to have a son. But he had to face the fact. Yeah. We do not live in the illusion yep. 
that things aren't what they are. And it, it goes back to, to our previous podcast about Nehemiah. When Nehemiah went back into the city and he he made an audit of the things, the areas of the city that were broken. Yes. So he actually had to make a list of, to say, this is the reality of the work that we actually need to do. Yep. So it's 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 facing it. It's not living in delusion. Yes. It's it's absolutely seeing the facts for what it for and, what and they are. And you actually did but that. Then, but then realizing God is bigger than the situation and his promises are that, okay, he's like, he's going to see me through this. It's going to be okay. I cannot forget who God is. So then, so God is telling Joshua, Moses is dead. This is, this is what's going on, but you are strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. He's saying, I have made you strong and courageous. That is your identity. It is your job to to take that on as your identity and live like it. Yes. So there's there's the facts. Yep. And there's the truth. Yep. Right. The facts are Moses is dead. You're not Moses. You're not going to wear his (laughs) shoes, his sandals. And you're going to do things differently than he did. Right. But the truth is, I've made you strong and courageous. My word is powerful what i've said is going to be you will lead these people to take this land that's what he says yeah yeah and then he's then it's now be that be what you are be what you are yeah and i and and i love i just love the idea of that that god calls our identity out as chosen sons and daughters and then we have to live like that i have to i have been reclaimed yes god has reclaimed me my soul, my spirit, and I have to live that out and take that on as my identity to, yeah, to live it in my everyday mm-hmm. life. And yep. sometimes that does take work. Yep. And, um, and that's what we, that's what we see in Joshua. Yep. He's God, God tells him who, what his identity is and then be strong and courageous is put to the test. Oh, it's put to the test in all kinds of ways, Big right? Time. First of all, the manna stops. When they cross over, everything that they depended on, I mean, breakfast was you just go out and you scoop breakfast off the ground. And it's there for you. And Not now, on the Sabbath. Right. But now... Oh, go, those, go this is so cool because, because I mean, the, all of this is walking by faith and not by sight. We are, like, they're being called to just depend on the Lord. And before, before they had to walk by faith on the Sabbath day, which was... Okay, we're going to have to believe that there's going to be enough food for the Sabbath, that I'm not going to gather in manna on the Sabbath. And that was walking by faith. And then God gives them an upgrade in their faith by totally eliminating the manna. (laughs) I haven't haven't thought of that. I haven't thought of that before. But that's so like God because he gives us he gives us what we can handle. You yeah. know, we, we get tested in in things that we can handle, and then he's like, "Okay, so you've learned that. Awesome. Yep. Let's let's give you more." And there's a whole new life, a new way that God does miracles in the west side of the. It's completely of different. The Jordan than on the east side. It's completely and, different. And and they still were to live by faith, but now they're settling into towns. They're planting orchards and vineyards. It's a different expression. And it's of a well it's a new it's a new generation. Yep. It's a new leadership. Yep. It's a new generation. And still it's by not faith. gonna look it's not gonna look like it right. looked with Moses, right. but absolutely still by faith. So then 
Moses or uh, Joshua rather is minding his own business. And all of a sudden this angel comes along and Joshua is like, um, so are you an enemy or what? And he's like, mm, no, I'm from God. And Joshua's like, oh my gosh. And he falls to the ground and he's just like, whatever you say. And in that he's like terrified. Yeah. You know, he's, he falls to the ground. I don't, I don't even think that's necessarily like out of worship or like reverence. He, I think he's terrified. Yeah. And he's live and he's like, okay, he's, he's been told be strong and courageous. Right. And he's shaking in his boots. Well, and it's, and it's, it, it's a little bit, you know, Joshua's reaction is, hey, are you on our side? Or are you on our enemy's side? Yeah. And, and the angel's answer is like, don't put me in a box. I'm not like <laughs> on anybody's side. I'm, I'm from God. Yep. And so Joshua's right response is to be afraid. And this is where the fear of the Lord yeah. is actually the one sanity expression of fear. Yeah. Being afraid yeah. of anything else. It gets all through the Bible at 365 fear knots, but we're told to actually reverence God. That doesn't mean to be terrorized by him no. or frightened of his character. It means there's a respect and an awe of who he is, Yep. which gives us courage. Yeah. It's because of that relationship of, I know who God is, how big he is, how powerful he is. I don't have to be afraid of anything else. Right. And I want to obey him. Yep. Because he's good. So there's a whole sequence then of, of, of Joshua's leadership actions, getting people ready to go across. They go across. They're, they're um, remembering what happened all up to this point. They're organized, and then they face the big wall. And geographically, what you've got here is the Jordan River Valley flows from way up north above Israel, up actually into what's today Lebanon, and the Jordan flows out of some beautiful snow-capped mountains there in Lebanon. Totally, total side tangent, but I have a listener from Lebanon, and I don't oh, know wonderful. who you are, but hello, thank you for listening So from if Lebanon. you've ever been to what we call <laughs> Banias, which is the origin of the, of the Jordan River, I'd love to go there sometime. Anyway, it flows from there comes down into what we know as the Sea of Galilee in the New mm -hmm. Testament. And out of the Sea of Galilee, it flows south. And it, it cuts through a ravine. Uh, it's actually a, a deep ravine that goes all the way down into the African continent. And the Dead Sea is the lowest point below sea level anywhere. And so they've got to go up the mountains, up the, Ju the Judean mountains from that point to get up to the highlands where they're then going to start yeah. their conquest, right? And but the Jer but Jericho this city is in the road. It's literally blocking the pathway for them to get up into their land. It's in the way. It's in the way. Get out and, of here. And it's a wall. It's not humanly conquerable for them. What are they going to do? Big test of faith. So there's no more manna anymore. The food is now inside the walls of the city. <laughs> And God said, oh, by the way, when you take it, don't eat any of the food. You have to destroy it. All you could do is go through it. Yes. And this is like, this is the, this is an obstacle in the way of the, of the calling that God has placed on them. A promise. A promise. Land for them to live in. And this is where the figurative picture of this. I mean, we don't want to, we don't like spiritualize everything in the Old Testament. This was real history. Yeah. But it has meaning for us. God's got a promised land for you. If you're listening to this, 
there's a territory with your name on it. Like uh, God had a place <laughs> for the tribes of Israel. And each tribe, there were clans inside the tribe, and each clan had families, and each family had an individual. And there were assigned inheritance places for everybody. Yeah. And God has that for you. He's got a life that flows richly. But something's going to be in the way of that. A wall is going to be in the way of that. It's just the way things are. We live in a world with Jerichos. With walls and obstacles. Yep. And so then, so Moses is, or I keep saying Moses. Joshua is realizing that there's this thing in the way. And then, and then the angel comes to him and says, hey, I've got this. Here's the plan. And he lays out this bizarre plan to to conquer the city completely bizarre in the military sense in the military sense now what's really interesting about this is is joshua actually if you study the rest of the book joshua under the counsel of god was a military genius Hmm. and some of joshua's tactics are studied today as precedent when military commanders go and learn tactics joshua was some of the first Hmm. As it, it's some of the first documentation of really smart strategic moves militarily. And you can see that. Every city has a different strategy for how they're going to take it. That's, that's but, so cool. But, but Jericho, they don't send out the military guys. Well, they do. Yeah, but in but a different way. But not to fight. Yeah, exactly. So the angel says, okay, you're going to go out with your worshipers, with the worship leaders, and the military guys, and you're going to walk around the city once every day for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to walk around it seven times, and then you're going to blow the trumpets, and the walls are going to fall down. And Joshua's like, okay. And so he goes, and then he tells the people, he tells the guys, this is what we're going to do. So let's go. (laughs) I think that's so crazy. They must have been looking at each other like, um... Are you kidding me? I I don't I mean they they must have like thought that he was crazy. This is the first real thing, the first real assignment that, that Joshua has and he's going to do what? Yeah, and if they don't win this, they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Absolutely not. I mean that must have been like super scary and so weird for them. So then I love this. I think this is such a cool thing because the angel lays out these, you know, the detailed instructions. And then Joshua adds to it when he tells the people. He says, when we go around, we're not going to say anything. Because, because he knew that they would complain. And what is the history of the Israelites complaining? When they complain, they got to wander around. The, they have to wander around for 40 years, you know? Yeah, you know, Joshua is really smart like that. Because prior to this... Um, when he sends in spies to check out Jericho, which he does, mm-hmm. right? I mean, um, we have the story of, of Rahab, right, right, yeah. that, which is a, a whole other interesting story about redemption and re- she's she's reclaiming her own life and coming into the covenant of a new family. It's really beautiful. Um, but Joshua was one of the two spies of twelve who came back with a positive picture forty years before. So Moses sends in 12, one from every tribe. Two of them come back 
Caleb and Joshua yep. and said, look, we can do this. We've got this. We can do this. Our God is yep. bigger. But uh, the 10 uh, whipped the people up into a frenzy of <laughs> resistance. Yeah. And so Joshua and Caleb are the only two old cats of that generation that make it in. And I love the, the story of Caleb is a whole nother. I it's a side story. Caleb, Caleb, Caleb 80, 80 some years old at this time. And he goes and he helps everybody else gain their territory in, in this story, you know, with not just Jericho, but then everything that follows that. And then finally at the end, he asks Joshua, can I go get my land? Can I go get Hebron? <laughs> it's so beautiful. He's an, he's this old guy that, doesn't give up on his dreams. He never loses faith. He doesn't. I he love it. He never loses hope. But what, what we've got here then is this picture of Joshua saying, I'm going to believe the things that God said before. Hold on to that for 40 years. <laughs> and how many spies does he send into Jericho? I don't remember. Two. Oh, <laughs> He was like, that's all it took last that's, time. Well, it, it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to send 12 and risk a bad report. He, right. he's, he's, he, and it, it's what you're describing. He actually is not giving place for discouraging words. Yes. Don't, don't, don't talk. If you don't have something of faith to say, be quiet, just march around and be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, I love to. And it looks like, I'm sure it looked like and felt like to these people. For those six days, this is doing nothing. Yeah. We're getting laughed at. Well, and that's that's really the point that I want to drive home with this, with this particular episode, is that so often we feel like we're just doing this work of of claiming and reclaiming aspects of our life. And it's like, is this even doing anything? Because I don't feel better. I don't, I don't see restoration in my life. I don't see the, I don't see this working. And I felt that so much when I was, when I was going through this process of checking off my checklist of, of, and my, my spreadsheet of all the places I needed to go back to physically going back to restaurants and listening to music strategically for the, for the purpose of reclaiming, of putting myself in a position of pain to allow a new association to develop. So what you're saying is instantly that didn't always fix exactly, exactly what you were wanting it to fix. I felt like I was going around a city like I was walking around a city sometimes and not seeing any progress of the work that I was doing. I think the Israelites, as they were walking around, they were like, okay, God, if this is actually working, can you just like drop a, a brick? Like, can, can we see that something is working? But it didn't, it wasn't like that. You have to take these steps of obedience towards what I say, what, what, what God says. And then, and then it, and then there was a breakthrough. And I felt like that was that was parallel to my experience that I that I felt like I was called to heal in this way. Yep. Of yep. just putting in this work, like nose to the grindstone sometimes, like just going around the city, going to the restaurants, doing this work, and healing from a divorce very actively and I didn't feel better when I was doing it I didn't feel I felt still depressed I was having panic attacks I felt 
terrible about myself and I felt like this was never going to get better, but I kept going. You know, God asks us to live in a different understanding of time. Our human experience lives in a time lag yeah. And things seem to take time. And what he asks of us is believe that you're living actually in an eternal moment. When God says, you have been healed. Whatever you ask for in faith, believe that you have received it, past tense, and it will be yours. We're to live as if what is guaranteed in the future is already in existence. And yeah. from God's standpoint, that's how he sees time. But we live in this lag of time. Yep. I, I remember this is before you were born watching uh, the night on television when the Berlin Wall came down. Some of your listeners may may know that, probably not. Um, but I remember watching, it's just a stunning time in history, right? It actually goes back to when people stood on the West German side of that wall and prayed that that wall would come down. Yeah. Words to God. Nothing seemed to happen. And there was actually a pr some prayer vigils in the weeks just ahead of that. The, there's just some amazing stories to that. Then on that night, I remember watching uh, this guy with a sledgehammer. It's quite a famous uh, recording, a, a guy pounding away on the wall. And then somebody grabs the sledgehammer from him and is pounding. And nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. But there's you know hundreds of pounds hundreds of poundings against that cement wall. I've got a piece of the Berlin Wall somewhere. It, it's very symbolic of this. But all that time, you saw no effect. Yeah. No cracks, no give. It doesn't seem like anything's happening. And then suddenly, one more pound, one more pounding, and the wall cracked and crumbled. Yeah. And that's what happens on the seventh day. Yeah. I mean... No more physical effort was exerted. It's just that they just walked around seven times <laughs> and then they blasted yeah. their shouts and their horns. And all the work of faith that had built up to that culminated in that moment. Yep. And what God compresses into a moment of his salvation of us feels to us like a, an a, a, an accordion that expands out hmm. when God's compressed it in his own mind and heart. And he's promised it's done. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's done to us. Right. So don't be fooled and tricked by the feelings and the illusion of time. We know that actually time is relative to motion. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if you could, and this is Einstein's deal, right? If you could get into a rocket ship, and, and fly to a star that's seven light years away and fly at the speed of light. And it'd be 14 years for a person standing here if it's, if it's seven light years away. But for the person inside that ship, it'd be an instant. Yeah. No time at all. Because time changes at the rate of mo movement. God is light. Yeah. With God, hmm. everything is wow. as in a moment. That's amazing. So he sees time and experiences it. He's like, I... The walls of Jericho are already down by your faith. But then we are living in a different time zone and we have to take his word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And say, I don't feel like it, but I believe that it already is. It's crazy. And and ultimately it's believing God's promises and that God's word is true and that God is good. 
And yes. so when he says, I will redeem you, I will reclaim you, you will be reclaimed, like yep. you're going to be healed in your soul, that believing that that's actually going to happen. Yep. And that may, that may take effort. It may take persistence and and it may take time continuing to walk around the yep. city uh, over and over and over again. And it may take a little extra, extra parameters to say, okay, well, I'm not going to open my mouth <laughs> yep. because that may extend to the time. <laughs> but you know, yeah, you know, I, I just getting a, a sense here that for uh, maybe it's just one of your listeners is really in that place. They've been doing hmm. what they're supposed to be doing. They've been stepping in faith and they're not feeling any different. Hmm. Uh, and that, that may be you. And, and maybe this story of Jericho is yours. Yeah. And so what would you say to that person and how would you pray for them? I would say rest in the peace that God has got it. Rest, still know that what you're doing is exactly where you need to be. It's exactly where you need to be. And I think there's a, there is also the sense of resting and also working. There's a vigilance. Yeah. Right? Like a, being vigilant to the things you've been assigned. Not, not following what that feels like, but following what you know. Right. Right. To be true. And wow. yeah, keep it going because there is restoration on the other side. And the wall comes down. The wall will come down. Yep. In fact, there's work right now that's making that happen. Yep. That's absolutely making that happen. And I, I have a hundred percent been in that position of feeling yep. like I wasn't making progress, but looking back you can see God's hand through all of it. Yeah, there's fault line, there's fault line cracks in the wall that's in the way of of your promised land. Yep. If you're faithfully walking around your walking around your opposition and trusting and believing God, then the 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 fault line cracks are already appearing. We just don't see them yet. Yep. Yeah. And God's word is true. Yep, absolutely. He's good. And you are reclaimed. Thank you so much for listening to the Reclaimed podcast. For more information about reclaiming, visit reclaimed.com. That's R-C-L-A-I-M-E-D.com.